Welcome to Shardcast, the Brandon Sanderson podcast. We're a bunch of mega fans giving you the news discussion and, of course, a whole lot of opinions about Brandon's works and the Cosmere. I'm Eric, and joining me is Ian. Hey, I'm your writer. Also joining us is Evgeny. Hi, I'm Argent. And today, Hello. we are sipping on a premium Maker's Mark, not sponsored, yeah. cask strength sponsor us. bourbon. Very delicious. And they sponsor us? They, they should just send us all some Maker's juice. Mark. If you just sponsor us, that's fine. I will. I yeah. will shill the sh- the <laughs> the creme out of your product. <laughs> I, I looked to see what doc- getting a Dr Pepper sponsorship would be, and that was too difficult. So uh, yeah, they don't they don't do that for podcasts. Also joining yeah. us is Jesse. Hi, hello. I am Lady Lameness, and, and also joining us is. Uh, from the planet Redon is uh, Marvin. Hi, uh, I'm Paleo and you're Erdale. My I'm well, Paleo, hi. Tra- <laughs> my, my translation pin appears. Yes, yes. <laughs> Indeed. And I am Chaos, and we are talking about Redon, the newest Skyward Flight novella that came out uh, at the end of October. Uh, we're going to do another mini-sode uh, like we did for Sunreach. Uh, we will do a bit of a beefier episode after Evershore, talking about all the novellas as a whole. So, n- spoilers for all of uh, Cideverse. So, Skyward, Starsight, Sunreach, Defending Elysium, probably, maybe, uh, all uh, things. 100% yes. Yes. Huh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, let's just get that out oh, of yeah, the way. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what let let's start with some spoiler-free reactions before we, you know, go into you know s- super spoilery things. What did I, you I, all think? Yes. I switched back to being human, sorry. Okay. Oh, hey. Wow, welcome back. Yeah, I think your holograms uh <laughs> malfunctioning there. So, you know. So, what did you guys think? I liked it. I, I thought it was a good it. book. I, I, I enjoyed Sunreach. This was way better. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agreed there. Agreed, for sure. I actually liked Sunreach more, but that's just because Here's I'm a he. very relationship char- uh, like <laughs> and character reader, so I really like the stuff in Sunreach. I do really like Redon as well. It is very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, like the I FM and Rake stuff minority. carried it for you? Yeah. Yeah, I believe David, um, our own Windrunner, uh, is also in a similar boat where he likes Sunreach better than than Redon. Mm-hmm. Although I don't recall him having like any major issues with Redon or anything. It's just yeah, they're they're yeah. different kinds of stories, mm-hmm. uh, and they're naturally going to appeal more or less to different people. It's definitely yeah. much more. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with Redon mm-hmm. at all. Like I still think it's a fantastic book. It's much more political intrigue than. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, Sunreach was yeah. and actiony, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and for me, it's like like Cytonics is a major thing of the book that I like. And so, um, Sunreach, the main character isn't Cytonic, <laughs> right? So yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. And, and only so much Cytonic. she can do. Oh yeah, we we get to see a competent Satonic as well in Redon, yeah. so that's actually trained. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, nice. see the uh, magic. I want to, it, it's basically magic. Uh, see it yeah, explored. Yeah. 
uh, a yeah. little more in that direction. Yeah, without like having somebody fumble around with it without yeah, knowing what they're doing. Everything else uh, that we've learned about cytonics yeah. is like, hey, yeah. we're fumbling <laughs> a lot. Uh, for me, I think Redon was, I, I liked Redon a lot more because, so, so listening to you, it's interesting because normally I don't like political intrigue in my stories and I don't like action in my stories. And in spite of these things, I think the world building was so interesting to me. Like I am a sucker for like alien cultures and foreign cultures and just Redon and the Urdale and Alanique specifically made it so much more interesting to me than anything in Sunreach that while I enjoyed Sunreach, Redon just stole the show for me. I think the world building was actually one of the things that I wasn't super interested in in Redon. Yes. I think also the fact that we were like we were in Alanik's head, but she's not a character we really knew much about up till this point. So I wasn't particularly interested in being in her head at the very beginning. So these two things are probably why I dislike or didn't like Redon as much. But yeah, the world building just it was good. It, it was good. It just didn't quite pull me in in the way I think it pulled you in. Yeah, I mean the the fact that it's a gas giant with yes, like these cool. <laughs> <laughs> miasma the, and the trees cleansing the miasma is great. I, I don't understand yeah. how it happened. Like it's cool. Look, yeah, I'm I, like, I, I I don't think too hard about it. I I, I yeah. have come to the conclusion, looking at Discord conversations and stuff, that this is not at all a hard SF setting, and we're just doing cool yeah. space things because mm-hmm. they're cool. No, and it's fantasy it, space. Yeah, it's fantasy like, in even, space. <laughs> even if we take for granted that like okay there are these trees then you could ask but how can they grow to 50 kilometers tall and it's just like and you will it never end up or something i don't yeah. know mm-hmm. sure. just, just accept it as looking super cool and yeah be done with it yeah like i know there's been discussion on the discord about the structure of the trees and how they could <laughs> even function and then oh, there's yeah. the other side of people who are like guys just just don't think about it too hard. Just think about it. Okay? Giant trees, okay? <laughs> yeah. Floating <laughs> trees. They're yeah, meant to be it. cool. They're not meant to be yeah. realistic. Weird alien things. Whoa, cool. Yeah, like that's that's what it's supposed to be. Which I mean, it's fine if you're you do think about those things, but I it's just it's gotten more and more apparent the further we got in Skyward that it's like, no, this is just fantasy in space with with using like <laughs> yeah. some it, it's yeah. just like Elements. Like I, I wouldn't bat an eye at this. Like if it was in the Cosmere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's like, oh yeah, sure. But it's like it's supposed to be our universe, and I'm just like, yeah. How? Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> See that? That's interesting. Because if this were in the Cosmere, I would be like, wait a moment, how does that work? <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Because I would there be are a lot more it. critical. It's intelligently designed. I'm like. <laughs> I also would be more critical if this is in the Cosmere <laughs> about how things work, whereas mm-hmm, yeah. it being outside, I'm like, yeah, okay. Just, yeah, it's Brand- fine. this is just where Brandon's doing cool things. Uh, and like Jancy's talked about on uh, the stream Jancy and Brandon did, where Jancy's just like, I need an idea to make a thing cool with like the end of Sunreach. And Brandon's like, have a giant space monster. It's like, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Great. 
Uh, and so I feel like this is one of those Brandon world building things where it's just, whoa, look how crazy this planet is. And Jancy's like, great, love it. Let's put it in. <laughs> we don't need to think too hard about this. It just looks cool. Um, and that. And it does. And it does. It does. It, it, it does. is really cool. Um, do we have any other spoiler free thoughts or should we go go right into spoileries? Uh, I'd say let's get into spoilers. Let's go yeah, into so spoilers. Like Bam. I, I, I really enjoyed Redon just from beginning to end. Just really tight uh, story. Like there, there's like no fluff in this at all, mm-hmm. which I, I really enjoyed. Uh, and yeah. it's like, yeah, we're going to we're going to protect uh, the Erdale and rescue, you know, the independence leader. And I loved Alanique and Skyward Flight's interactions. Uh, like, mm-hmm. I thought that was mm-hmm. really well done. Uh, I especially loved uh, Alanique and Arturo uh, interacting mm-hmm. because they're like, can I trust you? And Alanique's like, I don't know. Can I trust you? Uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, that was, that was really good. Uh, and just it, it felt very natural. That was like, oh, well, we're like kind of allies, but like, I don't know. This can be considered a bit sketchy as well, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I agree, there was a lot of good action as well in this book, and like as you said, it felt really tight with how it flowed. But one of the one of my favorite sayings definitely was not one of the actiony ones, but the one where they talked about relationships and like yeah, yeah, where, yeah. yeah. Where was telling them how like their uh, mate pairs or whatever they call it work, and uh, like how all the humans are just totally embarrassed to talk about relationships and stuff like that. And Ellie's like, well, are you? Why is is it a taboo in your culture? And <laughs> so whatever, and like. Yeah, yeah, that was really great. Yeah, I love Culture Clash. Oh yeah, it is yeah. really fun. It is yeah. so much fun. Yep. This book reminds me a lot of um, Fury Road. In it feels like one giant long action sequence with like little pockets mm. of a breather, but it mm. it feels like nonstop action from beginning to it end. It does, yeah. Yeah, and like that yeah. that's pretty cool. Like I I think that that was done really well because that can be exhausting, and I think the the small points where we do get a breather gave enough to allow it to be almost a giant action sequence from the start mm. to the end of the book. And Fury Road, I think, does exactly the same thing. Mm. Yeah, good point. Yeah, because it, it really is like we're either doing action things or we're having a short character development scene where we're like we're interacting mm-hmm. yeah. and things. And like yeah. there, there's obviously a lot of banter also as, you know, we're, we're doing the action as well. Uh, and so it it. I don't know, it felt really good to me uh, to read. Like, I really like I really like Brandon's like te- not team di- I, I don't think team dynamics is the is the correct phrase here, but like situations where he has a tight knit group of, of friends or people who work together and they're just bantering, right? Oh, so yeah. um we we might do spoilers for the Cosmere, but I'll try to avoid it when I can. <laughs> yeah, that'd, uh, be, that'd probably be good. Yeah, Erwan, yeah, 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 Bourne, yeah. the crew. Uh, 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 Stormlight Bridge Four, yeah, and now we see this in Skyward Flight. Yeah. Um, I don't think those are spoilers. Brandon likes the team dynamics. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm avoiding going in more yeah, depth. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're not talking about the space whales. No, not this time. <laughs> uh, all those space starfish could, could, could exist in, in, inside. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but we, we see this with Skyward Fly here, and it was it was a lot of fun, right? It's just mm-hmm. all of them taking jabs at each other, but it's all friendly yeah. uh, most of the time until <laughs> somebody tells you you're not their flight leader anymore. Ooh, that was, oh, that was yeah. a good dramatic yeah. moment, too. Like, that was... They definitely... It's not all lighthearted banner. Like, that was, that was definitely stuff there. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that scene so much because it shows you that while I mean, I love it for many reasons, but one of them is <laughs> while they are all working towards the same general goal, they all have different priorities. Like for FM, she cares about these animal, these almost sapient animals that they are working with. Uh, and so the the disregard that she sees or thinks she sees uh, in in jorgen's commands it that, that's a that's a real conflict for her mm-hmm. and and that comes to a peak in that scene and it's it's delicious character conflict and i love it mm-hmm. it's been building as well since last book because jorgen was like this last book as well and fm kind of like gradually came into the role of no you're not going to harm these slugs to be able to achieve your goal that is not something i will allow so seeing that progression from like the start of sunreach when they first find all the slugs and started all till now has been really great it is interesting that that scene happened when we weren't in either one of their heads we were in all of these like the outsider perspective yeah it really worked for me like Mm -hmm. i I, yeah i did yeah Another top moment for me was uh, them getting onto the Wandering Leaf platform, putting Boomslug in it, and just wrecking. <laughs> oh, man, that was so cool. Or or just them, like, just bringing the slugs and activating Wandering Leaf. It's like, yeah, we have just, like, mm-hmm. a giant uh, battleship, essentially, if it's just a giant platform. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, have fun with that. <laughs> oh, boy. Something Good. that I've loved that has been building this entire, uh, like since the start of Skyward, is the fact that the slugs matter. Because in Skyward, it just seems like Spencer's got the sidekick pet, but they are so important for later on. And I love how that's been incorporated and it wasn't just the animal sidekick. There is important plot and um ways forward with these slugs and we're really seeing that now yeah mm-hmm. yeah and thinking about how the story developed between skyward starsight and now these novellas we we start off skyward with just spencer finding this weird thing that sometimes mimics voices and then in starsight we learn that the tanix are a species that may have something to do with like cytonic stuff. I don't remember how much we learn in there, but there was a just scene. Hyperdrives. Yeah, they just yeah. Have maybe it was just yeah. hyperdrives. Yeah, but but we learned that the superiority has been suppressing knowledge of these things and encouraging people to avoid them if they find them in the wild and to like report them so they can come in and scoop them up and yeah. stuff like Poisonous. that. And now, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and now we find even more that they're not only critical to hyperdrive technology, uh, but also all sorts of cytonic abilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that come up in this book that plays off of that with the superiority is when 
the National Assembly is looking to make the deal, the superiority is saying, well, you need to give us your slugs. And I, I love how Atlantic points out, it's like, if you do that, you lose all of your freedom yeah. because you no longer have the ability to move around in the universe. You are stuck unless you do exactly as they say. And that's what happened to us. So don't yeah. make the same mistake mm-hmm. as us. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because you might be free, but if you can't do anything... Then you're just in a different prison. Yeah. The other thing with Wandering Leaf that I really liked was when, oh, they're going to shoot the giant death ray at our planet, and they just like, nope, I'm not going (laughs) to block that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that they just put a battleship in there. Like that that's the superiority's uh solution mm-hmm. is we'll just put a battleship in the atmosphere and say screw you to this entire planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and I- uh, Allah couldn't be here. Uh, Rasar, uh, she is busy this weekend, but we wanted to get this episode out as, as fast as we could after Redon came out. But uh yeah, so the peace negotiations did not go well in return, as it happened. So sorry, sorry, Ella, but that that did not go well. Yeah, I do want to. I do want to mention something else that I like a lot. Uh-huh. While we are kind of vaguely on the subject of Wanderling Eve, and uh-huh. that is the confrontation between uh, Arturo and Alanik. Yes, uh, when 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 he essentially goes there, and like, okay, I'm. I'm watching you. I'm watching, watching you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have discovered with this book, with this story, that I am a sucker for character archetypes that are like um, second in command type of, th- type of stuff, uh, uh, first advisor type of stuff where they go <clears throat> behind the back of the person they're supposed to be serving or advising and like they do chaotic good things. For for the genuine good of all, but you're like, I this, this this person doesn't need to worry about the things that I'm doing, but I will still help right from the shadows. Yeah, yeah, that is always fun. It's like they they don't need the extra stress of what I'm doing. I'm just taking things <laughs> off their plate, doing stuff. Works just out just fine. Quietly on the down low. Yep. One other thing that uh like near the beginning that I really liked was just uh. Cobb giving Jorgen orders to not go to Redon. Uh, like, not orders. Not orders. Not not orders. Yeah. And just how Jorgen's dealing with this. And it just like took him too long. It's like, oh, I get it. That boy like, oh, can be thick sometimes. <laughs> it was, it was so, that was a hilarious scene. So hilarious. And I, I think Jancy or Brandon, but probably Jancy, tackled this so well. It was just. Jorgen went for so long just yeah yeah I, I understand that you were not ordering us to do that we will not do that and, and I was just like oh my god just can you get it already and you can see Cobb getting frustrated <laughs> and, and I, I think FM and somebody else maybe Alanique were also in the room and, and they're also like yeah. no. Jorgen everyone else has got it I, I loved it so much. That's so good. Just pure comedy. Yes. We should uh, mention that most of the underlying writing in this book was done by Jancy, and the revision process was uh, passed back and forth between Brandon and Jancy, but she did 
pretty much all the writing and yeah. i think that mm. we should acknowledge that oh absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, between uh, between sunreach and this i am i am definitely excited to see more gen c and, yes. and brandon collaborations yeah. oh my god yeah yeah i'd not at all be opposed to getting more like cyberware stuff uh, after um cytonic or like after defined even where just it's just chancy exploring the universe further and mm -hmm. maybe even writing full novels instead of just like novellas yeah. like these yeah. and that i'd be very fine with that <laughs> i definitely have not really noticed a difference reading through the skyward star site into these novellas it like they feel so much like they flow together and even though there is a different author working on them i think she's slotted in so well with brandon's writing and just has really picked up on the universe on the characters and everything feels so similar and so natural that i just don't notice a lot of yeah. the time that I'm reading the writing of a different author because yeah. it's just worked so well. And it does make me um, more excited for future collaborations as well, because this shows that the collaborations can work and yeah. having other people brought in to work with Brandon, that doesn't lower anything necessarily. Like this has really worked, I think. Mm -hmm. I, I would argue that it's seamless, but it's also better because it has all of the hallmarks and all of the things that I enjoy in a in a Brandon solo novel, and it handles character relationships and dynamics yeah. better. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is something Jancy is very good at, yeah. and like yeah. she is able to fill that void of where like it is something that. Brandon is not as good with that as he is with plot things and with world building. So she is really able to help boost to that part. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Brandon can still contribute. Here, here's the plot. Here's the outline. Yep. I will disagree slightly. Okay. <gasps> How dare Which you? Which is that I think it blends very well with, but like I can still tell like somebody else wrote this book. It's like every so often I'll, I'll come across a sentence and I'm like, that is not a Brandon sentence. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And it's like, and it's like, it doesn't kick me out or, or anything. It's just like, it's just like, it's like, oh, it's like, oh, huh. And then I move on because it's like, it feels like Brandon. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Stories, the sightovers, all of that. The, the finishing touches every so often are just like, okay, I can tell a new artist is working on this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. We had this conversation in the Sunreach episode as well, and uh, I, I did you'll have I, it in the Evershore episode. Yeah, as yeah well. probably. Will, yeah, uh, I didn't notice it at all in Sunreach that it was a different author, but in Redon, I definitely there was some sort of I, I don't want to say tick, but like some structure that repeated throughout the book that felt very unbrand like, and uh, but it could uh, multiple times. I can't remember exactly what it was but that was like the only thing where i really noticed okay yeah th this isn't brandon but it didn't uh dis distract or anything uh, from the um uh, story or anything like that so yeah yeah and i think i like i'm having difficulty coming up with an mm -hmm. example because overall it does blend so well that yeah it's a moment in the moment i notice like 
okay, mm-hmm. yeah, Brandon wouldn't have written that sentence the way it's written. Mm-hmm. I don't care. And so it just, it blends into the background. And it's like, hmm. Yeah, I, I know there were a few people who, I, I mean, I know in the Sunreach episode, we were generally very positive. Uh, and here, mm-hmm. I think we're also very positive. <laughs> uh, I know there were some people who are like, ah, I don't know if I really like Sunreach. Uh, I would hope that they give Redon a try, because I, I do think like Redon oh, yeah. is firing on all cylinders. Uh, and I it almost to me, it almost felt more like the blending was even better in Redon, in a sense, uh, than Sunreach. Yeah. It's it's hard for me to articulate how I feel that way uh, and disconnect that from my general. Wow, this story was really good. Wow, this, <laughs> this is great. Uh, so, but I do think it, it blended really nice. Maybe because like the the magic stuff was dealt really well and the world building, which is you know like the the common Brandon I, thing, right? I think it definitely is uh, a part of it that is that for one, Chansey probably got into the groove better after completing one whole novella probably. already. Mm-hmm. And it's also not the first one of these. Like it's a, a sequel. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a sequel to Sunreach and it, it just it doesn't have to do as much legwork, I feel, um, to, to get things yeah, going. And true. so, yeah, we, we are almost used to it. By, no, no, not used to it yet, but we are more um, accustomed to it after Sunreach, so that might be part of it at least. Mm-hmm. It's probably also that Sunreach was very character and romance based, which mm. again is not really like, that's <laughs> not the yeah. kind of type of thing that Brandon would write. Whereas this is much more what Brandon yeah, would yeah. write with the action packed, uh, very tightly plotted, like looking at the magic system. So it might also be a bit of that because yeah. the last book is much more Jancy style, whereas this is this this is a Brandon book through and through. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean Jancy just nailed it. Like it, however their revision process went from going back and forth, like it, it does just blend so well together. And so kudos <laughs> to kudos to Jancy for writing something killer, and kudos to the revision process to make it feel like I barely notice the difference. Like mm-hmm. really well done, I think. Let's talk about the ending of the book that we haven't mm, touched on yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Wandering Leaf and Jorgen and Aladdin and the crew uh, teleport to outside Detritus, where the National Assembly, including Jorgen's parents, have gone to this little space station of the superiority for peace negotiations. And uh, they're Oof. not peace negotiations. No. They're yeah. okay. let's completely uh, assassinate the political party of the defiant people and also kidnap Cobb and Grand Grand. So Jorgen and, and, and Kuna, yeah. I yeah. kind of forget about Kuna because uh, they don't <laughs> do anything no, in this book. Most people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Alanik and Jorgen go onto the platform and Alanik is able to save uh, Kuna and then Grand Grand and Cobb just disappear somewhere else. Somewhere yeah. else. Grand Grand just teleports them somewhere and no one quite, quite knows where. And Jorgen attempts to free his parents before the bomb on the ship explodes and this doesn't happen. So he gets to watch his parents die 
and then be in complete shock and then decide he that they have to go back to Platform Prime because he's going to make some Hez roll and take control of everything. And yeah, wow, that was an ending. That was an ending. It's an ending that makes me very excited that the next novella is from York. Oh yeah, that's probably yes. why they saved it for uh, this mm-hmm. third one. It's like, yeah, but it'd be much more fun if he was like really suffering. It's like, yeah, <laughs> gimme. Yeah, perfect. Let's get that character conflict going. Oh my god. Yeah, the ending was so good and then it's just like and then we're done. And Wow. I, I, I do believe that ending was actually Brandon's idea. I'm yes. I'm thinking. So yeah. listeners, yeah. if you if you don't know, uh, Jancy Patterson uh, joined our Discord community uh, yes. around the release around the release of Sunreach, and she's been hanging out there, uh, chatting with people, answering questions whenever she can. Uh, sometimes offering insight into the writing process of these things, and I believe she talked briefly about uh, how that ending came to be. Oh yeah, and. If if I if I recall correctly, it was um, she was struggling to come up with an ending to to read on uh, and and having a conversation with Brandon about it. And Brandon was like, uh, "Why don't you kill his parents?" <laughs> it wasn't just why not kill his parents. It's like why not kill all the political leaders, including his parents. And uh, she was like, uh, "That's an ending." Uh, um, uh, okay. Kill his parents <laughs> and then, like, yeah, kill his parents and then. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Seth Lord Brandon. <laughs> kill the parents. Yeah, that is a classic um, piece of writing advice. It's like when you don't know what to do, have ninjas attack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so yeah. like, yeah. don't know what to do, just kill a bunch of people. I I can totally see uh, why the ending of Redon would be a bit like hard to come up with because like you do mm-hmm. kind of solve the issue on Beaton mm-hmm. and then it's just like well where are we going from there and then then we go do this other thing now i thought it turned out really well because with like sunreach uh and you know the clash between the military and the political leaders these peace negotiations were a big thing right so it, it felt mm-hmm. very natural that this would happen and alnik would just be like, yeah, that's not going to go well. Can't confirm, did not go well. <laughs> really did not go good at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I never thought I would feel sad for Yeshua Waite, who is an mm. awful human being through and through. But yet, yet I cried over her death because Jorgen was so destroyed by it. Yeah, because didn't she just say, do better than we did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. she yeah. like mouthed, do better than we did right before she exploded. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> it is... That's good stuff yeah, right there. Because Jorgen tried to tell her it was a trap as well. Like mm. he he tried to give her that information. And as she always does, she didn't listen. <sighs> yeah. It, and it's just it's like, but in that moment she was like, I should have listened. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you see that that realization. She's not a terrible person. Like Mm. She, and like, like she still has a she's, very she's a terrible person. She's not, she wasn't an irredeemable person. Sure, yeah. yeah. She has her issues as a person, but like she wasn't one hundred percent a bad person. It's like she was trying to do what she thought. Yeah, was Yeah, right, right. Yeah, turns out what yeah. she thought was best was wrong. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, but like, she does care about her son. Like, she's everything she did was like for her son and her people. Yeah. yeah. She just like, made I, some I bad choices. A, yeah. I, but I don't <laughs> think it's necessarily a flaw, like, that, like, she tried to sue for peace. Like, yeah. Because, like, that's, that's never a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just superiority wasn't operating in good faith. No, never. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, I so th- I agree with everything you've said, mm-hmm. and for me, Yeshua was a problem the moment she just a hundred percent mishandled the initial communication with Alanik back in Sunday. Yeah. Like this was obviously nobody on the Tritus is like a real politician or a real <laughs> diplomat. Yeah, they, right. are, they are a community of survivors and fighters for the most part. And even their civilians are, in many cases, people who have gone through the military and then gone, gone, gone back to, to uh, yeah. uh, civic life. Yeah, right. So I understand why she might be more terse. She might be less able to communicate and notice nuance but the magnitude of how much she butchered that situation mm-hmm. is just I, I find it difficult to be okay with her I think even with the society they're in Ironsides back from book one would have done a better job oh, than yeah. mm-hmm. Yeshua did. Yeah. Cobb, who was in the room, would have done a better job. Yep. Oh, no, he wasn't in the room. Oh, he, he wasn't had... he? No, he was in the prison and then got um, teleported away. Oh, by are, are you... No, no, no. At, at the, in Sundridge. Oh, yes. Sorry, you are correct. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember if Yeshua was even technically in a position to negotiate anything. Because isn't she just the first citizen? Like, that? that's... Her, her no. husband is the yeah. National Assembly guy. Yeah, right, right, right. And she's right, just right. technically she was there officer, as maybe. Representative. Oh, true, true. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. She was sent by them. Yeah. True. Yeah. I think a lot of, uh, at least my feelings about her death, very much come from seeing that she did love her son and she did realize at the very last moment that she should have listened to him. But also, Jorgen loves his mother, and mm-hmm. we see it in those final moments that he, like, for all that she is and for all the bad she caused, he loves her so much. Yeah. And it destroys him. And he, he's yeah. just in so much shock going back to Wandering Leaf that he's not really functioning and then just has to put that all aside because that's the situation they're in mm-hmm. yeah yeah i like i love that last line from joshua uh also yeah i don't know if these should be j's or y's stormlight's all gotten yeah. us all confused at this stage i don't I mean know, not only stormlight but it's like jorgen slash jorgen does feel know. like a dramatic name yeah yeah, so. yeah i don't know <laughs> but uh like i love that last line and I love just oh the pain Jorgen feels. Oh, and I just love <laughs> make like, him suffer. Like I love oh it's so good. Oh just the pain of that uh loss. Uh because 
it's kind of been a while since we've had uh, a big character death that's been really impactful mm-hmm. in the series, right? Like a lot of the deaths, I, mean, I think, in Skyward. Yeah, right. Exactly. Hesho doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> Hesho, that that was that didn't like destroy Spencer. It's like, oh, Hesho's dead. I mean, that that sucks. No, that sucks. Yeah, that like that didn't matter. But like this matters a lot, and that's going to have a lot of character yeah. implications. And I am in for that. Not nice. the last big death like that yep. was how. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and I do acknowledge that. I'm gonna go with Jeshua. I feel like that's. Sure. Yeah, probably. It, it, sure. it feels Fli- better in my mouth. What if What if um, we just flip a coin every time we say her name and just switch it each <laughs> yeah, time? I mean, that's like, what the Brent, that's because what Brent Joshua, it, it's one letter off from Joshua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe. Which is why it's like yeah. I thought Joshua was um, Jorgen's father for the <laughs> right. longest time. It's just like oh, just like yeah. filed serial names off of an Earth name. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, what uh, is his uh, name again? Algernon. Yeah, I, I do acknowledge that she's not an evil person, uh, but she is very misguided and ill-equipped to do the things that I think she wanted to do. Like she wasn't, she wasn't thrust in the position that she is in. I think she wanted that position, and the re- one of the one of the reasons I'm I'm annoyed at her is. Because she wanted that position when she was not equipped to handle that position. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's fair. Ah, oh, but what? But what a good cliffhanger ending. Uh, I don't like cliffhangers because I think a lot of people do them very badly. But and Eric mentioned this before. We tied off the read on stuff. We we have completed the arc that was the main drive of this book. And then we had the cliffhanger to tie us to the next one. And I thought that was done brilliantly. That's how I think cliffhangers <laughs> should be done. Yeah. Um, and we weren't left with this gaping hole like we were at the end of Starsight of what's happening next. Like, like just things haven't been resolved. Like we resolve stuff in this book and then have the cliffhanger. So I just like massive kudos to Jancy for actually pulling yeah. that off because I think it is yeah. really hard to do. Yeah, because it I mean it deals with read on, but also like in the background there's always been this uh like that we had to deal with this this thing. And then it's like, oh, we didn't yeah. deal with it. Uh, and they all died. Oh, no. Um, this like, is set up for the next book. And that's yeah. where this is going through. Yeah. But we've we've finished this book. Yeah. yeah. You know what it reminds me of? Uh-huh. The Final Empire. Yeah. We, yeah. we get almost the same thing. They're like, we, we wrap up the main story that we've been dealing with for the entire book. And then the last few pages are... Here's the setup for the next one. Yeah. God. Thing yeah. with Well of Ascension. Too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Did... Like the end of Well of Ascension does that. Really yeah, yeah, well. yeah. And it does do a yeah. similar sort of thing of wrapping up the main thing and then the like, oh, it's a twist. Nope. Yeah. So much better than perhaps the worst cliffhanger that's not in brand that's not in Brandon's books, but the worst one that I can just remember is Hobbit Desolation of Smog. What a terrible ending of that movie. <laughs> that is a waste oh, yeah, of time yeah, yeah. where it's just like, oh no, come see the next movie where we resolve it. it. Oh God, frustrating. Yeah, it's the exact opposite of the situation. Yes, exactly. Where instead of like, oh! the next book gets a tease at the beginning oh, of the last one. It's like, uh, we just like, 
overlapped like five minutes the other way. Which honestly, I think you could argue star sites like that. <laughs> I think you could kind of argue star sites a bit. I would but, argue star sites like that. I hate let's, the star sites. You'll talk about something else. Yeah, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> I, it's a good cliff. I have one more thing yep. about the ending if mm-hmm. we're done talking about the cliffhanger. Yes. So for people who don't remember, because this is a tiny thing in the world building of the first book, when they crashed on Detritus, they set up uh, their government effectively. And then the government was bombed with a life buster. Right. And it killed all of the upper echelon of the the government and politicians and took out a lot of their uh, materials and their history and their documents. Right. I don't know if it was deliberate. I feel like it probably wasn't, but I love the parallel with this mm. of taking mm. out the the mm-hmm. government the government leaders compared to what happened to them 70 years ago, also by the superiority and because this superiority would know how much of a devastating effect that would have. And I don't think it was deliberate, but I just I love that parallel yeah. that has come up. That's good. That, yeah. that seems to be like the MO of the superiority in a lot of cases, right? They're not a military force. Uh, they do have military, right? But the way they, th- their preferred way to dealing with problems seems to be go take out their leaders, go take out their politicians. Like they captured and replaced Rinnekin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They t- yeah. They are doing this uh, a lot, aren't they? The the star side thing was in like yes, there was violence involved, but it was a political coup where they wanted to just get rid of Kuna and make sure yep. they're not a problem. So that, yeah. that's that checks out. That does. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Speaking of the replacement, uh, I love how the holograms and star sight came in again into mm-hmm. effect yeah. uh, and i know they were in starsight we were using like mbots tech and the superiority didn't have that but it's cool that that like mattered and was yeah. really important to yeah. the plot well that's what that's what they but use now. they have mbot now yeah yeah, yeah right, they have right, right MBOT exactly. technology yeah, now right uh so it's just really interesting to see them use that and i, I like that consequence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so when we we first found out like rinnekin had been replaced before we knew it was hologram technology I was reminded of defending Elysium. Oh yeah, yeah. Where with the whole body swap thing. Oh God, yeah. And I was that's like, right. Oh, and so I was very happy that it turned out to be um, uh, hologram <laughs> yeah. technology because body swapping definitely body horror. If you haven't seen our <laughs> yeah. horror episode, <laughs> last check out episode. the previous episode. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Because we talked a lot about the positives of uh, this book so far, I think I wanted to bring up one negative thing that came to oh, mind yeah? when we talked about is the ending. <laughs> one thing that I okay, could drag uh, out in my brain. <laughs> no. When we talked about the ending, we talked about Kuna and how they didn't really like do anything in this book. Uh, they didn't play a huge role. And True. in my opinion, even sort of they pedaled back on what they were doing before because uh, like they trusted the super- superiority and um, were for making peace with them, I think. And I don't really understand why Kuna would behave like this. And uh, just that they didn't do anything at all. It's also like a minor yeah. gripe. 
It is pretty yeah. strange that Kuno would work with Winzik after everything that's happened. And even if Winzik isn't directly involved, like Winzik's at the top, right? And still going to benefit <laughs> from all of this. But yeah. I also um, am displeased by how much that Kuno just was in this book to exist and do nothing and just be in the background as a wallflower and just happen to be there. Yeah, It does bother me yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I think that's a function of Brandon and Jancy didn't have anything for them to do, but if they just weren't mentioned, people were like, "What? what's Kuna doing? Mm-hmm. Just hanging out, apparently. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think it's out of character for Kuna to be pushing for peace with the superiority, because I think in Kuna thinks the superiority is good. They I agree think, there, yeah. Um, they think Winzik is a single bad factor yep. in that, like, oh, if we get peace, we can just remove Winzik. We can neutralize Winzik. They don't understand the fundamental issues Problem. with the superior. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, that's yeah. true. True. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Yeah. I am I am with Ian on this one. Yeah. And I want to add that they Kuna does facilitate a little bit. Uh, a function in this book in that they are somebody who understands a little bit of humans and a little bit of mm-hmm. Rodale. And so mm-hmm. there is a cultural barrier that they are helping a little, not much, but a little bit kind of go, hey, human person who is in the room and Rodale person who is in the room. Actually, the Rodale don't eat that, that thing that you are eating. So maybe mm-hmm. let's feed him some grass. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they Algae. eat grass either. But Algae. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is just weird to rescue Kuna and then have them not do very much. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. It oh. feels like set up for later, but it also is dissatisfying to me, mm-hmm. and it makes me wonder, like, why couldn't they just rescue Kuna later? Because mm-hmm. yeah. we got we got to have a different uh, thing for Nivel Three. Clearly, <laughs> um, yeah. I guess that does sort of tie back into. Uh, some problems I had with Sunreach where like the ending felt quite rushed or like sure, it, right. it yeah, yeah, yeah. was set up yeah. as all about being saving Kuna but then it's like one chapter and sure right right <laughs> and then if we don't really need them in this book that's like even more pointless in, in a way that sure. they saved her in Sunreach I guess yeah, yeah. let's talk about Alnik um, and, and dig into her character I don't know. I, I really, it was very interesting seeing her perspective mm-hmm. because we really needed this for a long time. So I'm glad we finally got to see it. I'm glad we got anything with her because she really hasn't been much of a character up till now True. besides mm-hmm. crashing, being in a coma, getting okay. the hell out of Dodge. That, <laughs> that's been her character up till now. I, yeah. I will say... I loved what little of her we got in Sunreach, where, okay, they agree to wake her up, she wakes up, and they're having a conversation, and and she seems fine, but, like, throughout the entire scene, if you look at the scene, she's, like, taking uh, medical equipment off of her, like, she's very purposefully, but very subtly removing all, like, potential connections she has to, and then Jeshua shows up and she's like, nope, I'm out. Like, yep. it, yep. it looks like she was on her way out the entire time, but, you know, 
because FM was nice to her. She was talking with FM. And the moment things were not nice, she was like, okay, no, peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was kind of funny just how much Yeshua was like, I'm going to interrogate you and keep you captive. And Alex just like, no. I can teleport. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Yeah, need some inhibitors if you want to uh, interrogate a Cytonica. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. No, I, I I liked her motivations. Like I thought that made a lot of sense uh, with just how bad things have gotten on uh, Redon mm-hmm. and how she needed help. Uh, and mm-hmm. let's go talk with FM. She knows what's up. I, I liked how she was both very similar to Spencer in some ways and also very, very different from Spencer in some ways. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Can I come up with any specifics at, at the moment? No, but <laughs> yeah, she's very headstrong. She's mm-hmm. uh, kind of a little bit impatient and wants to rush through things in the same way as Spencer. But there's less chaotic energy. I think. <laughs> she's more purposeful yeah. about it. More yeah, she's much it. more purposeful. And also, I think she thinks things through a bit more than yeah. Spencer does. But you're totally right. She feels so similar, but different to Spencer. Very proactive is what I was going to say. Yeah. 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 And something that I really liked about her is when she killed, uh, when she did her first kill, how she went went into shock then and basically couldn't take it that she actually killed someone. Yeah. Because at this point, we are like so used to people just, yeah. fighting in their starfighters and killing people with them yeah. because yeah. that's what All they the do. The yes. We're like yeah. the DDF. We're like, oh, someone yeah. died. Okay, then. Cool. Yeah. It's, like, to, it's to nice have this, to get the reminder. Yeah. yeah to so, have a character actually react to this very differently. It's, especially because like all the Erdale stuff with like, oh, the space fighting is kind of a game and not like actually yeah, the yeah. fighting. Uh, Cause like they don't like the superiority, but they're not at war with the superiority. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do, I do want to, I do want to talk about this a little bit because this is one of my favorite scenes in the, in the entire book. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I think, so there's a lot of buildup uh, to this scene in, so there are multiple scenes in which um, Alonique is either thinking inside her head or speaking with members of, of uh, Skyward Flight talking about how, and this harkens back to like the rest of the series where violence is not like violence is a human thing for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, species who are not human really um, don't really do violence, especially on that scale. Like, and, and so yes, they are fighting is a sport. They don't really kill each other. Uh, even if somebody's like, uh, um, uh, uh, fighter plane crashes, they don't like fall on the ground, they just float through the miasma. And so, usually, there is time for other people to like show up and save them. And so, and on top of all of this, we have Alanique's personal kind of trepidations towards actually inflicting harm on other people. Like, mm-hmm. for her, blowing somebody else's plane is not a big deal because she knows that they will eject. Yeah, and they will live. Right, and so all of this comes together and crashes when she actually uh, murders. Yeah. What's his face? Quillen, 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 Quillen. Quillen. Yeah, let's go with Quillen. Yeah, because because it's interesting <laughs> because the Quillen didn't like just murder 
Rinnekin, right? Yeah. Uh, and like didn't just the murder. Yeah. Yeah. So And that's just reminded me of something like talking about the the ejecting if their planes are crashing. Because in the DDF, if you eject and you're a cadet, you get kicked out of flight school and it's looked down on if you ever eject from your plane. And then, of course, we've got the uh, die who everyone ejects. Everyone's like, no, I'm going to save my own life, not uh, become a martyr because you expect me to. It it does just show how warped the DDF and and just... (laughs) Because they are very warped by their situation, that they are just mm-hmm. designed yeah. to be these fighters in order to survive, right? Uh, but it does add to the overall world building. It's like, oh yeah, those bloodthirsty humans, and the humans are like, yeah, <laughs> we we got stuff my, to do. My is so violent. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and and of course, I do love the follow up of I believe it was Arturo who went and spoke with her, and it was like, yeah, that that it doesn't doesn't really mm-hmm. get any better. You, it's still. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And even if you try and think of it as us versus them, and them being the bad guys, it doesn't get better. It doesn't make it easier. Yeah, that's such a good conversation. Like the character development is really good there. Yeah, yeah. And, and I love with Alanique just her sort of joining Skyward Flight. Like I love, I I dug that, <laughs> I dug that a lot. And seeing Angel. her getting I, frustrated. I have to- yeah. I do have to call out something Rasar said in the last episode. Oh yeah, because she harped on the fact that, like, um, in Starsight, I I, I believe it was Starsight. Like, Spencer described Alanique as looking like a, a devil. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. like Rasar like really pinged on that, and I'm like, and it's like, and then this, in this book, oh, her call sign is Angel, <laughs> the dichotomy. Yep. Yeah. And, and she didn't have the conversation with Arturo when when he was like, are you a devil or are you an angel? Yeah. yeah. I did find her call sign being angel a little cringy. Oh, I, yeah. I, I remember reading that. And I was like, mm, okay, <laughs> sure. I, I don't know. I just found it. But there's something about it that I'm just like, mm, did you have we to? Need, <laughs> we need something with an A. <laughs> Yeah, gotta continue the pattern. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it, it's probably the religious connotation to it that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they don't seem to have things like Christianity anymore. Like the DDF religion or the defiant religion is not based on that. So it just felt a little bit too religious, but not in world religious to me. So it just didn't quite work. Well, but but wouldn't they in 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 the culture that, that that they have wouldn't they treat angels in the same way that we for example treat or most of us treat let's say like greek mythological figures yeah that's like, true. wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't <laughs> Amphi... don't know that is a thing yeah that that aspect of the defiant religion is not explored very much <laughs> yeah Mm-hmm. Um, we know about the saint, and that's about it. So. <laughs> Mostly from Kimlin, <laughs> really. <laughs> um, I think Spencer says something as well at one point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of character development and uh, potential relationships and Skyward Flight, 
There is the the amazing conversation where they're talking about relationships that Marvin mentioned earlier, and it comes out that Arturo broke up with his. Oh, Arturo was broken up with by his girlfriend. And there is yeah, a line asking uh, Kimberlyn about potential relationships and whether she has a boyfriend, and her response is kind of an awkward negative not oh, really God, wanna, no. and yeah like <laughs> not wanting to answer the question and it reads like it has such a overtone of Kimmelin being gay and i am totally here for Kimmelin yep. being gay and i i loved that little moment because it's like it it does have such a queer overtone that comes through in other people's writing as well so Please, please, Jancy and Brandon, please make Kimberlyn gay. <laughs> please yeah. give her a girlfriend. Please, please put her and Sadie in a relationship now. Mm, nice. <laughs> oh, Sadie, interesting. Yeah. Nice. Well, I figured that unless it's a character that we don't know, which maybe because we didn't know Atira's girlfriend, the only major character who is also female is Sadie. And the fact that Sadie seemed to have such a crush on Kimberlyn beforehand, yeah. it's just like, oh, oh wait, it, it just works. Yeah, because she was really into Kimberlyn's sayings and, like, became, like, she would write down Kimberlyn's sayings when she said them. Like, she just seemed very in awe of her at the beginning of Starsight. So I read that as crushing. I, I trust I, Jess's uh, memory of Skyward Flight uh, knowledge, yeah. considering she was I, in Starsight. I completely yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So was Catnip. So was Catnip yeah. and T-Stall at the beginning of Starsight, and we're like, "What's what? T-Stall?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there. Yeah. 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 Is it Catnip and T-Stall or T-Stall and Catnip? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Those are I, amazing jokes. I, I love the, the line of uh, Alvin is like, I don't, I don't know which one. So good. Another favorite thing in the entire book: Alnik's consistent confusion about Pistol <laughs> and Catherine. Oh, it's so it good. Is, it is like every scene, every time one of them is mentioned. We, we don't know either, really. <laughs> it's like Tistol yeah. said, or was it Catnip? <laughs> it makes me wonder if they're twins as well, like identical twins, be. like yeah. Weasley type twins. I, I think it would have been mentioned. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. But it just, it's just it's the just way really that funny. it kept being said. <laughs> so yeah, funny. And, and, and it, part of what makes it so funny is that like. Sh- she cares enough to wonder if she's getting them wrong, but not enough to actually ask. <laughs> <laughs> yep. She's like, yeah, I don't really, I don't care that much. And, and and honestly, that fits really well because I don't really care about Catapultista either. It's just like, they, oh, they Skyward have, Flight replacements, eh, whatever. They have such, such Weasley twins yes. energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Spinning off of Kimmelin. Like she's gay. Like she, she's, she, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that'd be good because um, some people were asking Jancy because there there were some headcanons that Alanique would also be gay, mm-hmm. and Jancy didn't go that direction because she didn't want the first canon queer person in the Cytoverse to be an alien. Yeah, yeah. Which is mm-hmm. like, I yeah. totally get. Yeah, which. Also brings up the discussion of Arturo and Alanique. I I dig that. Like their rapport yeah. is. I I want to see how that progresses. Like I'm very I'm interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm yeah. not a shipper. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling this. Like, I get this character <laughs> dynamic. This is good. I I liked their dynamic. Oh. I don't want it to be romantic. Mm, okay. Like, mm. I, I hated that it was like, oh, like, oh, it's a female character. We have to find her a man. <laughs> sure. That, that right. was the, like, the vibes I was yeah. getting. And I'm just like, let the cool alien lady be a cool alien lady. You don't need to set up a potential romantic partner for her. But she can still be a cool alien lady. Yeah. Yes, it's just like, I... I just didn't get romantic vibes from their interactions. Well, that was That's that was fair. like me and Spencer Jorgen and Skyward. Like I, I did not <laughs> yeah, crock mm-hmm. on to that. So, oh no, like uh, I totally got it there. Yeah, was, like, yeah, I, yeah. Like, you I will didn't. end up together. Like yeah, the tropes were there. See, I, I get the vibes this time, and also yeah. at this mm-hmm. stage, at this stage, it's definitely feeling like uh, we got to pair. We got to get all the relationships. Like this is why series we must <laughs> we pair, pair them, them off. Yeah, pair yeah, the yeah. It's like that, yeah, that's it, that's it, like it, a it, primary novella objective here. It feels like almost. Yeah, and that's the issue I have with it. Yeah, like, that's fair. Mm. Yeah, I, I want to talk a bit about the Erdale culture and uh, some some fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Well, I, I have Erdale culture out uh-huh. of the wazoo to talk about. <laughs> okay. Uh. Uh, so I love... First of all, let, let's address the elephant in the room. Okay? Let's talk about Tolkien. <laughs> no, that was, that was hilarious. It's just like, oh yeah, story about the ring. Yeah. And just like, oh so, no. <laughs> no if, if, uh, if you haven't noticed this, and, and I, don't, I don't look down on people, some people have not noticed this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't there notice. is a... Yep. There's there's a, a brief passage in Redon where uh Alanique is talking with the humans and how the first human cytonics and Erdale cytonics uh got in contact with each other. And there's a there's a brief throwaway line in which Alanique mentions that there was a, a human writer or author who essentially got inspired uh, by the Ordeo and wrote a story about them, something with a piece of jewelry. <laughs> she says, <laughs> uh, "It straight up says ring." Actually, oh, does she? Okay, it, it, it does. does. It does say ring. And, and then she moves on and doesn't address that. So, oh, it's so good. <laughs> if you if you examine the appearance of the Ordeo, who are very human-like, except they have pointy ears and they live on trees, <laughs> uh, with yeah. with a story about a ring. Uh, the one ring, you might say. Yes. You you quickly arrive at the conclusion that Tolkien was either a satanic who had met the Urdale, or he had contact with the Urdale during that period of time. That and they inspired. That was not the vibe I got. Okay. Um, my interpretation of that was that humans in um. The Erdale had contact in like the distant past. Some parts of that was preserved in like Earth mythology, and Tolkien was like kind of like codified it and just like kept it together and like a um came up with like the Elvish language so that like it wouldn't be forgotten. So, just from mm-hmm. chats with Jancy, I I I think the inspiration was a lot more direct. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It's the same. Uh, yeah, so I know some people <clears throat> like the idea that the Ordeo inspired like 
the idea of the fae and like mm -hmm. that aspect of elves and then hundreds and thousands of years later Tolkien was indirectly inspired by them mm -hmm. to to write his own elf. but no it was it was a lot more direct than that okay i uh, have not okay. seen those it was it was just a cool idea that she really liked and and they just they just love went it. With it because it's I, I, I find I think, it hilarious and i think that makes sense because like he he preserved the language pretty oh, like parts of the language directly and for that to be carried over over hundreds of years would be hard i think that like mm -hmm. the language would be intelligible at that point so yeah but at the same time, um, Alanic knows Mandarin, and yeah, we does. are quite far out from Earth, from what we're aware, because I think... Did Earth disappear in the Second War? Uh, I can't remember. I don't remember when Old Earth yeah. vanished in the mythology. Uh, Either way, but it was it a while ago. And it was, was a long like, time ago. Yeah. And there was the, like, they were allies and they weren't allies. Yeah, she still knows Mandarin Yeah, this many years later. Yeah. Or at least a little bit of it. I don't think she's, like, fluent. Yeah, she's... probably not fluent, but enough that she's able to read the, the yeah. signs on the boxes. So she... I don't think she's, yeah. like, a beginner. Yeah, she's more fluent in Mandarin than she was in... English, yeah, it's like she could yeah. like barely speak a conversation in English, yeah. but like she can hold conversations in Mandarin. Yeah, I I, I love the world building of Freedon. Like I thought I thought it was just mm -hmm. really cool and just mm -hmm. it's like oh yeah they were they were allies so it makes sense that she would you know speak an Earth language Mandarin like oh nice cool. Um, it is interesting that they're still teaching people Earth languages. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. like yeah. they. If like they really wanted to dis distance themselves from like humans, like why are you still learning human languages? <laughs> well, that that might more be just like politically that the political leaders are trying to distance themselves from humans rather than like the actual reality on the ground. And I could see it as like uh, Mandarin is like a part of other culture now, just as yeah, sure. Because That's they had so thinking. much, the, the alliance went on for so long that probably humans um, in that in their human empire adopted other languages as well, and it's just it's just part of their culture now. Yeah, so yeah, it's really, yeah. gotta be something like that. It could yeah. also be unity versus independence kind of mm -hmm. situation. Yeah, I did like the politics. Like the politics was was interesting uh, in mm -hmm. in the book. Uh, it also helped that uh, we we kind of immediately went into the action. It's like, well, they're up to no good. Uh, but. I, but I found it quite funny how like the the um, sports teams at the beginnings were aligned with the political parties. Yeah, like, that was, that was, it was funny. Independence yeah. was unity. Like, I like okay. how they had sponsors. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, maybe this is more on the tech side of things. There's some comments about Wandering Leaf being the same sort of thing as uh, one of the detritus shells. And Mestiv wanted to say, since Wandering Leaf can hyperjump and we've seen ships connected by light ropes together, it should be possible to connect all the detritus platforms with light ropes and jump, making the detritus installation a machine to fortify or besiege planets at will. That sounds cool. That is it, a very cool idea. It, it is cool that... Seems 
like a lot. That needs a lot of slugs. One slug well, to, you. Yeah. Well, you'd need probably yeah. need a lot of them, right? Need a lot of light lances as well. Yeah. Well, I doubt they have that, that many. But if you, because it's a, it's what we are looking at is essentially a hard shell. Think of an eggshell, right, sure. around the planet. Yeah. And if you are hyper jumping the entire thing, the location you're hyper jumping to has to be. So you either need to jump to a planet that is of similar size, right? Because if you try to jump the detritus shell to Redon, like you're going to be in the planet, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to like empty space. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool idea, though. Because uh, Water Leaf cool does idea. seem very mm-hmm. similar, right? Yeah. I do yeah. like the idea that Wandering Leaf came from the detritus shell and is maybe a remnant of the old human Odai relationship um, alliance yeah, and sure. it was the humans giving the Odai these platforms that they could use if they needed and it's just fallen to the point that the Odai have kind of lost the understanding of how to sure. access them, how to use them. Yeah. But the fact that they're so similar, like not yeah. just the the insides and the fact that there's a human language on the inside, but the way that the automatic turrets are almost exactly yeah, like right, the right, ones right, in the yeah. detritus shell. So mm-hmm. I see people talking about that, and I really like that idea. The, and even I, architecturally, that they are like similar enough. Personally, I didn't really connect the two. I'm like, they're they were made during a similar era of like mm-hmm, human yeah. industry. Sure, it makes sense that they're consistent with each other. Sure, it's like if anything, I think the um, detritus shell is an outgrowth of like these platforms. It's like okay, like sure, we have one okay. yeah, platform. Yeah. What if we make enough to surround an entire planet? <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 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 That definitely. But it, gone it's that like way. I don't think. I don't think Wandering Leaf is a missing part of the Detroit shell at all. I okay. think it's like they were built at similar points in time. And yeah. Humans well, like similar mechanics. Super um, original in designs like this. It's like it, it works. Well, yeah. But mm-hmm. it definitely just seems similarly designed. Yeah. So. There's probably some connection between them, whatever it is. Uh, we don't know, but yeah, you're, you're right that it very much could just be that they were manufactured at the same time. They, they went yeah. through the same manufacturing lines. Yeah. It's not accidental either way. Yeah. 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 And then also with the tech, but also uh, the magic, the intersection <laughs> of magic and technology, slugs mm-hmm. and the cytonics, right? Like... Oh my god, boom slug being put into that uh <laughs> that box and then thrown out mind blades. And I loved how Jorgen had to still interface with Boomstug to <laughs> figure out direction and mm-hmm. where exactly these mind blades were going. Because I've seen people talking about oh, why don't the superiority seem to use these boom slug boom slugs um to do this to other planets and i think it's because you can't scare a slug into directing a mind blade in a very specific direction mm. when you could just direct it back at you because it's terrified of you yeah yeah of you. yeah right yeah 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Also, and Boom's also... like saying boom. Oh yeah. <laughs> boom. It's like, yeah. <laughs> the um the the mind blades that Wandering Leaf shoots are huge. Like they are ship sized basically. Yeah, yeah. And um so they so have cool. some sort of amplification technology, I presume is what's happening there mm. in the thing, because why yeah. would a single slug be able to uh, it, that feels overpowered if a single slug was yeah. able to produce yeah, such yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. great power. There's probably something in the boxes in the same way that the the hypercom slugs like have the mm-hmm. uh, the projector thing to help them send the messages. I think if I I'm think remembering something properly, all, I think that's come to all slugs, isn't it? Okay. Like that they have the projectors yeah. to uh, yeah. like. Well, they maybe, also maybe use that's them. just yeah. It, maybe that's um just part of the amplifier in that case mm-hmm. yeah it could be yeah. it does remind me of like in defending elysium like there's a much more like technological aspect to cytonics in my yeah. opinion the impression i've had since defending elysium is that you can interface with technology cytonically mm-hmm. um, in certain ways which is how in defending elysium the ftl communications worked there was just one guy in that room who was like connecting with the machines and facilitating all the conversations sure, right yeah yes an individual person can hyper jump and hyper jump with people with them but in skyward when spencer hyper jumps for the first time she interfaces with mmod programming yeah, right right yeah. right and it's like oh like the hyperdrive is online. Yeah, that's true. And he he doesn't know why. So it's like, it makes sense that it's not necessarily an amplification. It's like, there is a machine that can shoot out hyperblades. Um, not hyperblades, mind blades. <laughs> hyperblades sounds they, awesome, I mean, though. <laughs> yeah, that's what they are. Yeah. 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 So I assume a human cytonic that has a skill for mind blades could also interface with oh yeah oh yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. wandering leaf yeah, totally, yeah. totally i can get there. behind a lot of that mm-hmm. i was never i mean when i read skyward that was the way i read it and now with a little bit more context from starsight and the novellas i wonder mm-hmm. if what happened in in skyward when spencer first hyper jumped was that Doom Slug also found her way to a similar uh, box in there. Uh, I always have hated this idea that because because yeah. this is one of the things that people are always confused uh, at. Like, wait, but I thought Doom Slug did the hyper jumping at the end of Skyward, and like that has never been my impression. Like to the degree that multiple people have gone into the novella channels confused that Cytonics can jump themselves. And, like, right, clearly and, that's and, I think it is the case that Spencer did. Because thinking about the scene from Skyward again, Spencer is clearly like essentially opening her third eye, like she's expanding her cytonic mm. sense. And it is mm. in that moment yeah. that Embod goes cytonic Harper Drive online. Yeah. And and she does the thing. So to to have Doomslug also like do the, the thing at mm. the same time, yeah. like it, it, it's a little too work. convenient. Yeah. I think um, yeah. it's actually described as Spencer was sinking in to Mbot as well. Yeah, mm. yeah it's like, like she could feel her mind sinking into him. 
Yeah. I think I, I think that's really, how it's described. Yeah. Um, I, I do really want the cytonic processing in general to finally make some sense because we have all this slack technology now that's like makes sense that okay yeah they use the biological component to perform stuff or to make stuff happen but apparently there's a as Ian said some sort of technology technological mm -hmm. way to leverage it and we haven't explored that at all yet yeah. and apparently none of the um uh, like because it's not as modern the technology as embod on these platforms we don't see any of that there so where it does might, that come into play yeah. it might be that the the slugs or if a cytonic is doing it they're just the power source to produce these effects and mm -hmm. it's like batteries right like you need certain battery sizes for different electronics like double a's triple a yeah. And that's almost what this is. Like you need a boom slug battery to power the the weapons, or you need a hyper slug battery to power the teleportation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like like a catalyst and, to make it work or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I think of them as amplifiers. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the, 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 the technology is the amplifier of yeah. the yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah it, but it's like this connection with technology. I think is what separates cytonics from like psionics which is a huge um mm -hmm. sci-fi trope sure like, right it, but it's like it usually there isn't it's just a sci-fi trope it, um yeah th there isn't the technology component yep yeah and and we also see cytonics working together to uh, have bigger effects so presumably yeah. like with more slugs uh you mm -hmm. can do a lot more as well very similarly to that mm -hmm. right yeah because because we do see the the other or the cytonics like yeah create an inhibitor field i think they work together to create a, a massive concussion blast which they plan to at least but they don't succeed at it i think yeah there's one thing that they're trying to do but that's what the DD, uh, that's what Skyward Flight is preventing them because they mm. keep attacking mm. the oh. the nodes that each pilot is kind of right, right, yeah, because they, they were distracting them. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. okay. Uh, but yeah. but that I think is a good segue to talk about concussion blasts because <laughs> that is a new ability uh, mm. that we haven't seen. We haven't seen in Defending Elysium, uh -huh. and uh, we haven't seen in the other Cytoverse novels. I really like concussion blasts, partially because they're new and cool, but also because they're ex when they're explained, mind blades also get explained as an alternative and how how they are different. And as someone who has uh, not actually read Defending Elysium, <laughs> um, I don't know how mind blades work. So I was very yeah. uh, pleased to not only now understand concussion bolts that they have now existed, but also I now know what a mind blade is. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a blade that you can make with, with your mind. mind. Yeah. yeah, but the idea of a mind blade is like my and my immediate thought of what it is, is what a concussion bolt actually is. Like it's something that isn't physical. Whereas mm -hmm. the concussion bolt attacks you mentally, and that's what I would have thought a mind blade was mm -hmm. without this explanation. Sure, oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Because it's a mind thing, right? Yeah, so it, 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 that's it, it's a blade that attacks the mind. Yeah, yeah that's a very reasonable way to think about that. Yes. It was really nice to see a lot of the Cytonic stuff. Um, yeah. And obviously we will mm-hmm. see uh, more Cytonic stuff in the novella titled Cytonic. <laughs> Uh, that's a, that's a novel. In the actually. novel, novel, <laughs> novel. Yes, the novel. Yes, uh, too many novellas. I mean, the novellas are actually novels too. We're just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what is we're a novel? just ignoring that fact. What is a novel? It is nice that the cytonic powers are also kind of being codified a bit because they have yeah. been very uh, unknown mystical things up mm-hmm. till now. So having more of an understanding of like okay so we have this power this power this power this power and they yeah. kind of work like this that is really helpful have, having a competent cytonic really helps a lot whereas the humans <laughs> are like we have no idea what we're doing in any way we're totally fumbling this just listen oh. to the stars and also make some bread yeah, yeah. Just speaking, the bread. speaking of gran gran there uh-huh. is like one thing that we learn about her uh, that Eleni can't explain is that she apparently can, like Jason in um, Defending Elysium, can basically see with her satonic senses. Mm. Oh, sure, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that is mm-hmm. unknown to Eleni how she does that. And so mm. that is something that is probably one of the more esoteric uh, applications sure. of satonic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's it might be grand. kind of adjacent to communication. Mm. So instead of instead fun. of you reaching out like across the stars or whatever and communicating with somebody, you're doing a short range. Okay, you can you emit <laughs> you know cytonic waves or whatever. Like, like you echolocate <laughs> stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we also find out the grand guard is much more powerful than yeah. she has previously been shown to be. Because, like, before this, it's like, okay, Grand Gan can sometimes talk to Spencer, but it's kind of weak, and she doesn't seem to be able to do much more except kind of see what she's doing. But in this, she's like, yeah, I can totally hyper jump. Yeah, cool, <laughs> I'll take home. We'll leave, and don't worry about it. I, I got this. I got this one. No problem. Yeah. Like, yeah. That is interesting. I guess I got much more unsure vibes from her when she said, like, I can do this. I've never done it before. But well, and and it also probably helps that uh, under stressful situations like the end of Skyward, it's like, yeah, you could probably you can probably manage it a bit easier. And it's like anybody can do any of the cytonic things Mm. or any cytonic can do any of the abilities. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) But important difference yes indeed but they have different strengths so i don't think hyper jumping is a strength of one becca mm-hmm. nightshade but oh this whole platform is going to explode yeah now is the time to risk that because yeah mm-hmm. sure 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 gotta, gotta try the other interesting thing with grand grand is she was able to hear cub at the yeah. end and like i think some other voices as well which is very weird because alanic could not hear these yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's very weird it's interesting that you're really liking how like we're putting all of the cytonic abilities into boxes like okay like we're now understanding all of it just like the oh. slugs yes but we're boxes. also getting these weird other abilities mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. keeps the mysticism of Cytonics yeah yeah that's alive. a nice vibe. and like because this is a sci-fi story like 
we have to um, compare it to Star Wars. Because, <laughs> like, Do the Force... Know? I um we are because I want to compare. It to <laughs> okay, it's like okay. the force is like yes, there are these very discreet um like abilities that you can put in boxes, but then there's like the mysticism of the force. Sure, right, right. Mm-hmm. And so I like that we're still having mysticism as part of yeah. cytonics, where it's not just like everything can be quantified. It's like sixteen medals. These- Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Brandon talked about it back when he did Mistborn, I think, like in one of his lectures, about how one of his things is he creates a system and then he breaks it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- this definitely feels like an intentional breaking of that we will see more of. Yeah. I, I do want to take a moment and appreciate the fact that the way we are breaking the system is still in in the side of ours, is still kind of within the the rules that we have established already yeah so mm-hmm. what one thing that bothers me about star wars is that while we have very specific abilities such as force push force lightning the less defined abilities are very like extremely vague like you get visions of the future and potential futures and things like that whereas with these Yes, we have established that we can hyper-communicate, hyper-jump, hyper-inhibit, and a couple of others. And the things that we are discovering in this story are still specific abilities. They feel Mm. more like the discovering of a new metal in Mistborn than they feel like an expansion of this, like a qualitative expansion of the system. And I like that. Yeah. Cool. Anything else you want to talk about, Redon? When's Evershore coming out? Uh, Evershore <laughs> is coming out yeah, at the December end of 28th. December. Yep. Uh, so we will have... Happy, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Uh, we will Happy have an Evershore episode a bit after because I imagine a lot of us will be traveling around the holidays and so that might be a bit mm. tricky. But we'll definitely have an Evershore episode in January. Uh, and we also have this other book called Cytonic. That's coming out, too, uh, at, the oh, end yeah. of, uh, at the end of November. And so we will get a, a beefy episode on that. Uh, and in our Evershore episode, we'll talk about how all the novellas are as a whole. Because uh, mm-hmm. they, they, these two have gone together really well, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. I do want to appreciate the plant and tree language and <laughs> mm-hmm. metaphors oh, and yeah. idioms of the yeah. Ordeal. We didn't yeah. talk about that, but yeah. I loved yeah, yeah, the yeah, many, yeah. many nice. different terms of phrases. Yeah. Um, I loved the Ordeal in general. Uh, I would love to see more. And yeah. I loved... Well, I mean, uh, we'll see Alanik, probably. Uh, I, um, I love the Alanik and Arturo interactions, and I hope they get to interact more mm-hmm. yep and more intimately yes in the future agreed and also, and also kimmelin's gifts yes K- kimmelin please please give us kimmelin yes and her girlfriend yes sadie yeah sadie yes. it's gonna be sadie <laughs> eventually awesome well we're gonna go into a single who's that side of verse character This character is from Roshar. Menace. Tian. Tom. Mraze. Void in drag on a horse. <laughs> it's time for Who's That Cosmere Character? Ta. 
so you know how the game's played. You send five clues in a character to WTCC at 17shard.com. Uh, actually, it's funny. His side of his character also works with the mm-hmm. CC. Mm-hmm. That's an, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All, of, all of Brandon's connected universes must yes. start with the C. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do we fit Legion perfect state with the C? Um... <laughs> And by never having a a WTCC of them. (laughs) True. Uh, And this first one uh, was actually not sent via email, it was just PM to me. Uh, Was from the co president of the town fan club. Um, (laughs) Town fan. And clue number one, which I I helped uh, suggest for him this character is not a slug. Well, that's helpful. <laughs> I know. I thought that would be very helpful for you, because you'd immediately go to the slugs, because that's how it was in Sunreach. It was yeah. a slug. Uh, Kuna. It's not Kuna. Moriamur. It's not Moriamur. Quillian. Rina Kim. Neither of those. Okay. Uh, clue two. This character is thoughtful. Arturo. It's not Arturo. Ned. It's not Ned. Ned is not thoughtful. Oh, no, no, I will fight you on this. Ned is oh. super thoughtful because in Skyward, he is able to pick up on the little things that are mm-hmm. bothering people. He knows exactly when to go talk to someone when they need someone to talk to them. He knows exactly how to jump in and defuse <laughs> situations. Ned is incredibly thoughtful. Look, he fight. is emotionally I, I intelligent know. and empathetic that doesn't make him thoughtful. He has I, good I, intuition about people, except Kuna. And I vaguely remember something about like where Ned says he's like thoughtful, but he says himself he isn't actually thoughtful. But well, I, I think he like again. really plays up the being dumb yeah. because that's yeah. the character he wants to project to people. But I I think Ned is incredible. Welcome thoughtful. to Nedcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna guess Becca Nightshade. It's not Becca Nightshade. Uh. Still don't have Spencer's Uh No, it's not Ironsides. <laughs> Marvin, did you guess? I guess Ned. Okay. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I got off a little off track there. That was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Clue three. This character is disliked by a viewpoint character. Oh. No, it can't be them. Cobb? It's not Cobb. Jorgen? It's not Jorgen. Because I was going to guess Jorgen. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're welcome. Mm-hmm. I love how Ironsides still works, even though it's mm-hmm. not Ironsides. It's not Ironsides. <laughs> this night by one of the viewpoint characters. Winzik. It's not Winzik. Winzik is disliked by everybody. I'm going to guess <laughs> it's the that's most annoying. Any sense, but I can't come up come up with any other character, so I'm going to use Hesho. Not Hesho. <laughs> that, that's with any of the clues, but uh, it is no. not a slug, but yeah. it's not oh, yeah, it's true, it's not a slug. <laughs> confirmed. Yet. Confirmed not a slug. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what happens to slugs. Oh. I can't make that joke because it doesn't actually work. Never mind. Yep. <laughs> Clue four. This character works for an alien. Braid. It's not Braid. Okay. Braid, I, I almost guessed Braid last <laughs> Yeah. Year, I'm like, I also thought about nah. her, but... Because, like, Spencer doesn't dislike Braid. Um, uh, works for an alien. 
I, I don't remember Starsight. Mm-hmm. Is this like, is this a defending Elysium character? <laughs> I also uh, thought of that. Uh, I will give you a bonus clue and say it is not a defending Elysium character. Okay, because okay. I don't remember anyone's yeah, 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 I, yeah. I have, I know Jason, one character in that. Jason Wright. <laughs> That, yeah. that is the extent of my knowledge yeah. of the yeah, 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 pretty much. Um, Tanasi incident, that's about it. That's my entire mm. defending Elysium knowledge. I'm going to guess Zine Nightshade. Oh, good old chaser. <laughs> because he does work for the aliens, kind of. Yeah, yeah think, sure. Kind of. Is he employed? Uh, no, it's not Zine Nightshade. <laughs> Spencer's dad. Uh, still can't I believe that's his name. Still, I still I, I, I can't get over it. I will rush in and, and sneak a guess before somebody takes the only other Starsight character whose name I can remember, uh, who's Vapor. It's not Vapor. I was trying to remember Vapor's name. I was like, <laughs> oh, rip. her species is Figment. What is yeah. the Figment's name? Yeah. Oh, you can, you can guess Heshu's second in command, uh-huh. whose name I don't remember. And I also don't Sorry. think anyone disliked her. I mean, how could you? She's a cinnamon roll of a character. She's just so <laughs> nice whenever she turns up. Her name's Kauri or Kauri. Kairi? 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 K-A-U-R-I. Oh, Kauri, yeah. Caitlin? No. Kimberly. He is also a cinnamon roll of a character. Her name's Kauri. for a thoughtful. Not a slug. Not a slug. Not a slug. Yep. Really, not a slug really eliminates a wide range of potential guesses. Like half. (laughs) Have we had Clue 4 yet? Uh, Clue 4 was this character works for an alien. Okay, so thoughtful, disliked, works for an alien. And not a slug. Yeah, I'm just kind of skipping that one because (laughs) I don't need to remember it. (laughs) Yeah, 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 that's fair, that's fair. Do you not want to guess Drape? (laughs) Snuggles? Happy. No, boom slug. Boom. 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 So good. Oh. I love that he's got a deeper voice too. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. great. Boom slugs. Top tier. Because like it's 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 one thing to have boom. Oh. And then <laughs> I know. Boom. I'm going to pass. Ooh. I have no thoughts. Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh clue five. I'm the opposite of this character. Ah. Clue five, <laughs> this character is a Varvax. Uh, Mrs. Chamwitz. It is Mrs. Chamwitz. Ah. Who's that? She's oh, the housekeeper. housekeeper. The maid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Legit, I was thinking, so there was a point where, where <laughs> Ensa is being suspicious yeah, yeah, of yeah. her housekeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they disliked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, 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 as, as I thought of that, I was like, did she actually have a housemaid kind of person? <laughs> yep. I 100% that there was a housemaid. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, there totally is. Well, because the thing is, is that Spencer was super mean to her, even though that she yeah. was a super yeah. cinnamon roll of a character yeah. as well, who was just very thoughtful and, and just wanted to help who out. Came and, who came and left Spencer food as well and just tried to be understanding, even though she was like, Spencer doesn't like me. And then was like super sad when Spencer bought the cleaning drone. I was like, oh, oh she was she was very sad about that. Yeah, that's true. 
That's yeah, true. I was trying to think through like what characters work for aliens because they're obviously an alien. Oh wait. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for That's us to show. go beyond the overflight school and into Varvox High Flight School. school. No, 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 no. With the with the space whales. Come on, the space whales. We already space have the space whales. whales are Kaladin's thing. Yeah, well, I mean, that's where Kaladin joins the side first. <laughs> <laughs> Go through the negative realm, the fourth yeah. realm of, of things. I um, love that it's called uh, the negative realm, by the way. Yeah, we didn't talk about it, but I love the negative realm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make this Same. joke earlier, but all the satonic abilities have negative integrity. Oh, no. Rather than spiritual <laughs> integrity? Oh, that's good. Oh, the yikes. Integrity. <laughs> Eric, please put us out of our misery. All right, you can find us on seventyshow.com for all your news, discussion, theories, and fun that you could ever want. You can join us in Discord, and you can j join the Read On Spoiler Channel. Uh, probably by the time you read it, it might be Cytonic uh, channel. But Chansey's around, so you can go tell her what you thought of Read On. Uh, I thought it was great, uh, and it turned out real good. Five out of five. Yeah. So yeah. you can go join our Discord, links in description, and uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube. Put your comments below about what you thought of Redon, because not many people watch, watch the Sunreach episode. So if you're watching, make a comment. <laughs> if you made yeah, it here, please. Make now I'm really curious how many people watch the Sunreach episode. Uh, I wonder if it exceeded Lux. <laughs> uh, it hasn't really? yet. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, That's actually regrettable. Yeah, that is actually sad. Uh, Sunreach is so much better than Lux. <laughs> oh, yikes. Yeah, uh, that, no, no, no. I, it, it's 1.9k for Sunreach versus 2k uh, for Lux. So it's getting oh, there. there. Like, like I yeah, think the, the further we get through the novellas, more people will go back and like go mm. through the sequence yeah. of novellas, yeah. especially when it comes out in print, you know? Yeah. Also, novels, like yeah. once Evershaw's coming out, it's like that's like two months away. And you can read the from, from Sunreach. Yep. So uh, from read on three months away from Sunreach, you gotta you gotta get the memory back. Yeah, yeah, right. You can, I, you can listen to us to blab about it. I can also mention. I guess they're not necessarily our audience. They're more casual readers. They don't even know about the novellas. It's like yeah. Yeah. Oh, how would that? Yeah. Like <laughs> people will go find Cytonic when it comes out and be like, what do you yeah. mean those extra things? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Exactly. Although oh. they are more advertised on Brandon's socials than anything else. Well, I mean, it's always new Brandon things. It's like when Lux came out, there was tons of advertising about that. That's that's like the main <laughs> reason authors have social media. It's like, I have a new thing out. Please go read it. Hmm. You know? Uh, where the hell are we in this outro? I don't know. Leave us a review on iTunes or something. I don't know. Uh, and we'll People actually do that. Yeah, no, no. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of reviews on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. No, there's oh, a ton. Okay. Yeah. Weird. I didn't like, even know like that was year, a function. Years ago, yeah. Like a few years ago, I even read them, uh, and they they were all very positive. And I haven't read them since. But uh, if if you rate them, I bet it would get recommended more in iTunes. Probably. Like you should probably do that. Bizarre. Yeah. Feed that algorithm. Feed the algorithm. It's hungry. It needs to feed on the miasma of the internet. <laughs> I don't know. Let's get out of here. Let's see you all next time. <laughs> Bye. 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 Call.